Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we want to continue our discussion on the difference between Islam and Christianity, the difference between Christianity and Islam. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. As you already know, Islam is one of the fastest growing religion in all of the world. Uh, it's difficult for each one of us to go through our day without seeing someone in a burqa or wearing a traditional garb uh, reminiscent of Islamic tradition. It's estimated that there is approximately 1.5 billion Muslims. So as a Christian, it's very important for us to learn how to respect others without having to compromise our Christian ethics. And so as we go through this episode, uh, and, and as you gain information, the objective is not to gain information and to weaponize it by uh, assaulting people's conscience, assaulting people's culture, or denigrating other individuals who don't look like us, talk like us, or believe in the same thing we do. We must respect people and love them ontologically, even if they are wrong or even if they don't believe the same thing that we believe. Uh, that's how God deals with us. When we were uh, non-Christians, God loved us ontologically, even though he did not accept our sinful worship. God loves us ontologically as, as created beings because he created us. God loves us all 
However, God does not accept all worship. God does not accept all offerings. Uh, Even good intentions will not qualify with God. God has a criteria. God has a standard. And he wants us to step up to that standard. And so when we talk about kingdom and talk about spirituality, we talk about sanctification, God's standard or God's key is Christ. If we want to know what abundant living is all about, we have to come through Christ. That's the key. That's the key to abundant living. It's the key to uh, the peaks that surpass all understanding. Jesus Christ is the key to having that serene fellowship with God the Father. So we can't compromise on that. It doesn't matter how much that doesn't gel with my spirit. It doesn't matter how much uh, I disavow that doctrine. That's the key. God is not compromising on his standard. So if we want to see the Father, we have to come by the Son, according to John 14 and 6. That is non-negotiable. So as it relates to the religion of Islam, we have to love people ontologically. We have to respect their belief system, but doesn't mean that you have to uh, believe in everything that they teach. It doesn't mean that you have to um, acquiesce your Christian ethics in order to deal with a Muslim. So I'm hoping that this episode uh, helps you to relate to those of Islamic background from a loving perspective. But before uh, we can move forward, I think it's important that we understand some things about Islam. So you may have a coworker that's a Muslim. How should you deal with them? It sounds like in, in some cases, some people argue, well, we all believe in the same God. It's just we worship him in different ways. And my response is that is not true. That statement in itself violates the law of non-contradiction. The law of non-contradiction basically states that two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense. So we cannot uh, say that both Islam and Christianity, when it comes to the core beliefs, that we are saying the same thing. We are not. We're not saying the same thing. So Islam has tenets or teachings that are indeed similar to Christianity, as I stated before. Islam and Christianity, uh, we share the following. And if you go back to the preceding podcast or uh, radio show, you would hear my statements regarding the similarities as well as dissimilarities. But for the benefit of those who didn't hear the previous show, let us revisit some of the similarities. Number one, the belief in one God. Yes, it is true that Muslims believe in one God also. However, the God of the Quran is very different than the God of the Bible. The God of Islam, he's called Allah. This name is derived from uh, Muhammad's polytheistic days. Uh, Prior to the development of the Islamic religion, Allah was one of the many gods uh, that existed. It is believed that Allah was associated with the moon god. Uh, The historical data is in direct opposition to the God of the Bible. Isaiah wrote the following regarding God. He said, this is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord God Almighty. I am the first, I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. 
notice that God is making a distinction between himself as well as others so-called gods. God does not, uh, God is saying no one, no one else should be called God except him. This includes uh, the God that is called Allah. Second thing, uh, God has already given us a name to call him by. He said he is I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is why you see that numerous times in the Bible where it says the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because there were other man-made gods, and God wanted to distinguish himself from these false gods. Uh, God says, I am the true and authentic God. I am the God who ushered in Abraham, who provided for him. I'm the God who ushered in Isaac and who provided for him. I am the God who ushered in Jacob and provided for him. So uh, if you are looking for the true and authentic God, you can find him by following the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Again, God is identifying himself. He's saying that I'm not um, the God of the Canaanites. Uh, I'm not uh, a God made with hands. Those are not any gods at all in reality because man made those gods, but he is the true and living God. And he's already given us uh, names to call him by. And he said he is, I am. He is uh, Yahshua. Uh, he is Yahweh. Um, he is Je uh, Jehovah. He has given us names to call him by. Uh, the, the next thing is, Islam rejects the belief in a triune God. Islam believe, uh, rejects the belief in a triune God. The Bible explicitly reflects the triune nature of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All three are equal in nature. It is the teaching of one God in three persons. And that's called the doctrine of the Trinity or what I call the mystery of the Trinity, because this doctrine of God's three-in-oneness is mysterious. No human being can uh, fully explain how we have three gods, uh, um, three persons, yet one God, and not having three gods. We believe in one God who's revealed himself in three persons, and all three persons um, are equal in deity. And so we can only explain what the Bible gives us. And no theologian, no scholar, no one can fully explain how all three persons exist as one God, but yet not have three gods. But it's yet there in the scriptures. So we have to teach and preach what already exists in the scriptures. And while I'm on that, there are those skeptics who will say, well, we don't find the word Trinity in the Bible. And that is true. However, we also don't see the word Bible in the Bible, but we know what it represents. It represents God's holy word. In the same manner, just because we don't see the word Trinity in the Bible doesn't mean the doctrine is non-existent. The doctrine is there. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, 
and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. So if you want to call it the Trinity or if you want to call it the three in oneness, whatever title you come up with, just be assured the doctrine is already there. Then number two, uh, we share in terms of our commonality with Islam, we share a belief in prayer. It is clear upon reading the Bible, God does encourage prayer. He desires for his children to take time out and talk with him and commune with him through prayer. The arrival of Jesus brought about a better understanding of what prayer should be versus what it is not. So Jesus' teaching on prayer uh, challenged the traditional view of his day. He taught his disciples to pray, Luke 11 and 1. He got up early in the morning to pray, Mark 135. Moreover, he often withdrew himself to go and pray, Matthew 5 and 16. It is apparent that Jesus believed in prayer. Prayer is essentially for the believer uh, important. It's an important uh, part of the day. Prayer is so important that God would like for us to pray without stopping, First Thessalonians 5.17. And that's just um, a, 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 a way, a, a hyperbolic way to remind Christians that we should always have God on our mind. Pray without ceasing, First Thessalonians 5.17. Despite God's endorsement of prayer, he desires for us to follow the rules associated with prayer. God instructs us on teachings associated with the motive, right? When you pray, your heart must be right. The place, where should we pray as Christians? And Jesus, in talking to the Samaritan woman, unpacked this. Uh, There's going to come a time where um, we won't just be Worshiping God in one look, look, locality, you can worship God wherever you are. You don't need to be in a specific place to pray. You can pray wherever you are. And then uh, in terms of prayer, regularity of prayer, how often should we pray? Pray as often as you can. It's not limited to a number. Pray as often as you can. Pray throughout the day. Pray while you're in the car. Pray while... Uh, You're commuting. Pray while you're at home. Pray while you're doing chores. Pray um, before meeting. Pray before negotiations. Pray at all times. Pray before calamity happens. Pray during calamity. Pray after calamity. Pray when it's good news. Pray when it's not good news. Pray at all times. So the Christian is commanded to pray without ceasing. Pray for big things. Pray for little things. Uh, Pray for mediocre things. Pray without ceasing. So God endorses prayer. And Jesus condemned those who prayed only to be seen as found in Matthew 6 and 5. So our motive of prayer is very important. He called them hypocrites. So it's true that Muslims also pray. However, the question is, who is the object of the prayer? If they're praying to Allah, who uh, we believe is a God created by a human, then uh, where is the help coming from? Prayer is only as good as the object of the prayer. So if I pray to a God made with hands or by human religious pursuits, then our prayers will not be answered. However, 
if we pray to the true and living God, he is able to hear our prayers and he's able to help us. Now, Muslims are expected to pray five times a day. It is a ritual often called the Salat. It is part of the five pillars of Islam. The Shahada, which is the recitation of the Muslim faith. The Salat, praying five times a day. These are the five pillars of Islam. The Zakat, the giving of alms or charitable contribution. The Psalm, which is the fasting. And the Hajj is the traveling to Mecca as a pilgrimage at least once in your lifetime. So again, the five uh, pillars of Islam are the Shahada, the recitation of the Muslim faith, the Salat, the praying five times a day, the Zakat, the giving of alms or charitable contribution, the Psalm, which is the fasting, and the Hajj, which is the pilgrimage to Mecca at least once in your lifetime. Praying in Islam is an essential part of their faith. Both the Quran, uh, Quran rather, and the founder, Muhammad, stressed the importance of praying. The number of daily prayer is connected to the time of the day. They are commanded to pray before sunrise, in the afternoon, late afternoon, sunset, and night. The prayer represents a Muslim submission to Allah and also serves as a signifier that that person is indeed a Muslim. On the surface, praying five times a day seems like a noble act. However, the question still centers on the object of that prayer. A God who does not exist cannot help you. The only prayer that God desires to hear from a sinner is, Lord, save me. So once we become his children through Christ, he will hear us. But outside of the sinner's prayer, God is not obligated to uh, listen to the prayer of the unrighteous. He only wants them to get saved first. Then they are com uh, connected to the God of the universe, the authentic God, who is able to move mountains, who is able to control both heaven and hell. So God, for the sinner, the first prayer is, God, save me. Then you can hear from heaven. Then the third thing in terms of Islam is uh, we share the commonality in the belief in heaven. So the concept of heaven is shared both by the Christian and the Muslim. However, the view of heaven from the, uh, for the Christian and the view for, uh, for heaven for the Muslim is vastly different. Muslims, like Christians, believe in the afterlife. However, for the Christian, going to heaven is rooted in Christ. Conversely, for the Muslim, going to heaven is rooted in works. Christians believe they're going to heaven due to the work uh, that's, that has already been performed on the cross, the atonement. However, for the Muslim, going to heaven is based on how many good deeds they have performed in their lifetime. If the Muslim gets work, uh, if, if their good work outweighs their bad ones, then they believe they will go to heaven. The following is a verse from the Quran that describes heaven. And you can see the dis, uh, dissimilarities uh, with Christianity is obvious. This depiction of the Muslim's view of heaven is different from the biblical view of heaven. We do not find this, uh, this description 
in the Bible. Here's the parable of the paradise. This is Surah 47 and 15. Here is the parable of the paradise, which the righteous have been promised. It has the rivers, uh, the water of which will never be stagnant, rivers of milk of those who taste never changes, rivers of wine delicious to those who drink, and rivers of honey pure and clear. In it, they will have all kinds of fruits as well as forgiveness from the rob. Can such people be compared to those who should dwell in hell forever? And they will be given uh, scalding water, which will cut their intestines into pieces. Surah 47 and 15. So this is not exactly the same description of heaven uh, we see in the scriptures. It's very dissimilar. Then the next thing in terms of the difference between Christianity and Islam is the view of Isaac and Ishmael as an example. Both Christians and Muslims believe in the existence of Isaac and Ishmael. The Bible asserts that the blessing of God for his people came through Isaac. However, the Quran advances the idea that the blessing came through Ishmael. The whole of Islam is rooted, is rooted in the narrative of the blessings of Allah, of Allah's people coming through Ishmael and not Isaac. So this is another fact demonstrating that the religion of Christianity and Islam is not the same. In many ways, the differences are too great. The blessings of God either came through Isaac, which is the Christian uh, theological belief, or it came through Ishmael as purported by the Quran. Again, we cannot violate the law of non-contradiction. The Bible is infallible, and as a result, stronger evidence does support, in my estimation, the Bible's claim than that of any other religious uh, book. Then the next point in terms of the dissimilarities between uh, Christianity and Islam is Jesus, the belief in Jesus. So the Bible tells us that uh, uh, one's view of Christ is very important. To have an inauthentic view of Jesus can disqualify a person from the blessings of salvation as found in Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. The Bible asserts that Jesus is the Son of God. The Quran states that Allah has no son, Surah 2, verses 116. Again, the Bible asserts that Jesus is the Son of God. The Quran, however, states that Allah has no son, Surah 2, 116. The relationship of Jesus to the Father is essential in terms of our salvation. It is due to this unique relationship that mankind was afforded an opportunity to be redeemed by God. There is no other way by which man can be saved but by the name of Jesus. John 3.16 reminds us that God the Father gave his only unique son, monogenous son, Jesus, as a gift for mankind. If one rejects this perfect gift of Christ and his possession within the Godhead, we are in essence rejecting God's gift of salvation. The truth is, Islam does not recognize Jesus. uh, uh, Rather, let me repeat myself. Islam recognizes Jesus only as a good man and a prophet sent by Allah. However, they view him just as a messenger. In their view, Jesus is not God the Son. He is not divinely unique. Islam shifts the attention from Jesus to Muhammad. 
This error in, in, the, um, in their theology ultimately will lead them to an eternal separation from the true and living God. So again, we're not uh, using this information to uh, weaponize it against people. We're not using this information to make people feel bad. We are preaching the truth in love. We are preaching the gospel without compromise from a loving perspective. So these are the distinctions between Islam and Christianity, which cannot be denied. Then lastly, the dissimilarities uh, as it relates to salvation. This is very important as it relates to salvation. This topic is connected to the information about heaven and hell. Salvation in Christianity is based on the atonement. Our belief in Jesus uh, justifies us through faith. However, in, in Islam, salvation is based on works. This view is directly contradictory to the scriptures. Paul says, for by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, lest any man or woman should boast. Ephesians 2, eight, uh, verses 8 through 9. And so these are the distinct dissimilarities between Islam and Christianity. And since uh, we have been called to make disciples, to share the gospel, the Spirit will lead you to share with other people that do not believe the same thing you believe in. And if they are of Muslim origins, I hope that this information helps you in sharing your faith with them so you can see the similarities as well as dissimilarities. But it is the dissimilarity that disqualifies anyone who rejects Jesus. Uh, They can't have a relationship with the Father who is the true and living and authentic God. Again, we thank you for listening. We thank you all for your prayers. If you have a question that you would like for us to answer, please uh, email it to us at info at srministries.org. And as always, we need your support. If you can donate to Sound Reasoning Ministries financially, we need your assistance. And remember to continue doing for the truth what so many people do for a lie. May the Lord bless you. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts. Well, the physician comes in and says, tells this lovely couple, hey, your son's not going to make it. But there's a young girl here in the hospital who just delivered a baby girl and she's given her up. She's going to leave her here. Do you want her instead? 
That was chart topper Ryan Stevenson sharing a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear artists, songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.